Hello, and welcome to another episode of our Following Jesus with Christ Church podcast. It's at this place that bring together friends, family of Christ Church to make observations, share stories about following Jesus from our little perspective of the world, Christ Church in Grand Rapids. Uh, if you are not familiar with Christ Church, you can find us on the web at ChristChurchGR.org. Today we have with us uh, one of our good friends from Christ Church, and by us, I mean Addison Hawkins. Addison. Hello there. Hi, everyone. Addison, you want to say a word about the broadcast? Yeah, today? yeah. So uh, you know, tonight we're actually uh, for this podcast, we're we're actually doing this via Zoom. Uh, that is not a paid promotion at all, by any means. But you know, we are we're using the technology that we have available to us uh, to to talk uh, via distance while we're still practicing the things that our governor has put in place here in our state. And so we are able to, to talk via Zoom so we can see each other and hear each other, uh, but we're not in the same room. Um, but yet we're still going to have a conversation. Yeah. And our conversation tonight, as I mentioned, is going to be with Michael Bloom. Uh, Michael and his wife, along with their three kids, have been members at Christchurch for about five years now, is it? Four? Four and a half? Yeah, a little more than four, probably. Yeah. Good. Uh, Michael, for those of you that don't know Michael, Michael is a data scientist. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm a yeah, data science consultant. Uh, data, science, data science is kind of a new discipline, uh, still not crisply defined, but um, often explained as kind of the intersection of, of three circles in a Venn diagram where you have... Um, uh, computer programming or software development, um, statistics or math or algorithms as the, the second circle, and then the third being subject matter expertise, domain expertise, and in some area where you're trying to to bring to bear those tools. Um, another way I've heard people explain it that I liked is um, you know using math and data and computing to try to bring value and solve problems. Uh, so I a lot of working with data for various um, organizations in industries ranging from um, air traffic management, uh, aviation, to uh, healthcare, you know, hospitals and pharmaceutical companies, to restaurants and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, I'd even say you've done a good job of putting that that practice uh, in our missions committee as well. We've used <laughs> some of those skills as well. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, we've started doing a little bit of surveying and uh, created a, a little visualization of um, how our missionaries align with our mission emphasis criteria. I, I still need to make an interactive visualization for you, a better data visualization, but I'm glad you appreciate that. Yeah, good. That's awesome. So as a data scientist, you, you saw some of this stuff with coronavirus um, coming out fairly early. And, you know, I would say you're probably an early adopter with regards to that. What's been interesting for you from a data standpoint with regards to coronavirus? Yeah, uh, well, just hearing you say early adopter, it's amazing to think about how fast this has moved. I mean, yeah. Yeah. our last missions team meeting, I think, was like, the ninth of this month and I, I wasn't yet that 
super worried about it. But then on the 10th, I think I read some stuff uh, from some data scientists about it and was like very struck by how severe it could get. So, I mean, we're what? It's only the, the 23rd. It's like two weeks, right. you know, a few days one way or the other could uh, make you an early adopter or not. But um, so just moving really fast. Uh, I'm sure many of you heard, have heard many of the projections and about the need to flatten the curve to stay uh, below the capacity of our healthcare system. Uh, some recent ones that have struck me are just how high a fraction of people can not have symptoms, not even really have a detected disease as high as like 80 to 90% of the carriers of coronavirus could you know, not, not even know they have it, um, which is, uh, um, you know, illustrates and, and further underlines the importance of just being really careful um, about who you interact with. Um, another set of numbers that has uh, really struck me, and I, th I think our brother Dan Churchwell shared with you guys uh, around the economic impact. It's just jaw-dropping of how the stock market has gone down like 35% and the number of unemployment claims in the coming weeks is expected to be north of 2 million. I mean, it's just hard to wrap your mind around um, how severe it is from an economic perspective. And uh, yeah, it's just a huge challenge. Seems like once a generation, once a century type thing we're facing. Yeah. Yeah. Then, like you mentioned, you know, in that comment, it all changed like rapidly. I yeah. mean, just, you know, it so were fast. a week and a half almost, you know, by the time this goes up two weeks into, you know, how these things are shifting and changing. You yeah. know, what about your family? Like, what about your family and your family life? How, how are you guys able, how are you doing? How are you able to stay mm -hmm. close to God and connected to God's people amidst sort of rhythms changing? I mean, that, that, that probably looks a lot different for you guys now, doesn't it? <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, we're still working out the new rhythms for sure. Um, but, um, you know, trying to, to be wise about how we share with the kids, but, but real with them that it, it's a big deal. Uh, we have, you know, nine, seven and four year old and, um, you know, especially our nine-year-old is able to understand some things. So, you know, trying to talk to them about what's going on and, and pray with them. I mean, our prayer life has felt just more like raw and urgent mm -hmm. um, as a family. Um, trying to uh, use the tools like Zoom to stay connected. Mm -hmm. We really appreciated the Christ Church um, virtual service. I, I saw some church talking about sacred screen time. So we had some sacred mm -hmm. screen time as a family, you know, watching the sermon and participating in that. So trying to, you know, make time for Sunday worship, um, more of like video chats uh, for things like Bible study and small group looking for this coming Wednesday, or I guess it will be uh, probably before this goes out, uh, we'll do our uh, men's Wednesday morning Bible study via Zoom. And I'm nice. hoping that goes well. Um, you know, trying to figure out what it looks like to like serve <clears throat> others, um, uh, while physically staying isolated. I mm. can't say we've really figured that out yet. We, you know, try to give some money, but, um, with the kids, you know, do little crafts and then like send videos or pictures of them to families, especially kind of older family. And they seem to appreciate that. So those are things some things we're trying i think we still have a long way to go and sure. you know it's hard to pry myself away from my phone sometimes i mean it's always hard but these days i feel like if i don't read up on things for six hours i'm you know 
behind and no longer know what's happening in the world. And so, uh, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. That's good. I think you actually just gave us some new podcast ideas, <laughs> you know, ways to serve when you are isolated. That's, that's something yeah. certainly we won't need to all get our minds around a little bit as it looks like this is going to be going on now for several more weeks mm -hmm. at least. Wanted to touch with you, Michael, about something you had sent to me early in this as we were talking about some decisions we were going to make with Christ Church, and uh, you had uh, some helpful things to say. And then you said this as well, and so I'll just read back to you what you wrote. You had written to me and you said, this really hit home for me today uh, when I made a quickish run to the grocery store to stock up. I've struggled with anxiety attacks before, but thankfully found relief for that for many months. But I did feel this anxiety starting to surge as I looked for items and I saw lots of other people doing the same. Thankfully, the anxiety subsided today, but I'm guessing others are feeling anxious as well. I really appreciated just your willingness to be open about that with me there, but also just to open that up as a conversation because I think you're right you know a big part of this and I would say we're we're probably at the tip of the iceberg of it right now is the mental health piece as, as people walk through whether it's loneliness uh, anxiety despair depression I mean we could put all kinds of names on it but mm -hmm. maybe just share with us a little bit some of what was behind what you wrote to me mm-hmm yeah. Um, well, you know, that particular uh, instance, as, as I kind of reflect on it a little bit, I I think behind the scenes there, there's some um, healthy, good uh, desires to want to, you know, provide for my family. Um, but uh, as I started to realize kind of some ways that was out of my control um, and, and reflect on like, man, what if I don't have enough food in my house for my family and cannot readily get more food? Um, you know, it, it, uh, yeah, it started to kind of overwhelm me and I, I became sort of fixated on, um, you know, what if I can't, uh, you know, provide. And um, in other cases in my life, I've, uh, as when I've struggled with anxiety, it's maybe been some good, uh, thing that, that God has called me to maybe, you know, kind of steward my gifts and education to, um, toward good ends, toward a, a good vocation, um, seeing uncertainty about which path to take, um, with respect to additional schooling or jobs or whatever, uh, led to a lot of anxiety. So, um, you know, sometimes it's a, a healthy, um, call that I get kind of, um, overwhelmed by or uh, kind of consider how, you know, it's out of my control in a fundamental way, rather than running to God, remembering who I am as his treasured possession, remembering his promises to me. Um, it's easy to, to kind of get fixated and, and um, overwhelmed by the, the outcomes and how I lack control over them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, earlier, it's hard to pull away from your phone because you feel like you get behind, right? How, how do you deal with that tension of, you know, a lot of the things you're probably reading probably produce some anxiety, right? You know, but yeah, you know, wanting to still be plugged into what's going on, being good mm -hmm. stewards of our time and, mm -hmm. and those sorts of things and our knowledge. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I, I certainly in my life have found um, I mean, a, a couple things. That, there's a variety that have helped me in my struggle with anxiety. Um, certainly um, scripture, memory, recitation, mm. kind of talking back to the anxiety with what's mm. true in the gospel and who I am as a beloved child of God by Christ's work um, and God's promises to be with me, to cover me, to care for me, to be at work for my good, even in hard situations. So like technology can help with that and I should do it much more, but um, the phone can help with scripture memory, uh, of course. Um, I mean, another thing that we kind of talked about earlier uh, that has helped me in the past is um, trying to look away from myself and to others in service. Um, you know, uh, part of why I want to keep up on things is to to serve. Uh, I mean, I have mixed motives and there's ways I'm selfish about keeping up with things and uh, as well. But, but I think that... Um, part of why I want to keep up with things is to, to understand, you know, how to uh, advocate for, you know, wise policies by our leaders, advocate within, uh, you know, my sphere of influence of you know, meetup groups and at my company for wise policies. I, I think there's a big kind of social justice component to all this with the elderly and those with preexisting conditions mm -hmm. and the poor being most vulnerable. And, um, you know, it's not hopefully just about me kind of knowing how to best, protect my family, but hopefully me trying to learn so that I can love and serve my society um, by advocating in kind of appropriate ways. Yeah. I, I just think there is a, you know, for everybody that walks this, we're talking about anxiety, you know, clearly Jesus tells us in the scriptures, he says, don't worry, look at the lilies of the field, how they're clothed, look at the birds of the air, how they're fed. Uh, so he tells us not to worry, and yet we live in a world where we do have trouble, we face tribulation, and so it's, it, it's only natural that anxious thoughts rise up in there, but what do we do with them? I love that picture of self-talk. It reminds me of Psalm 42, which is probably the best example of that, where David will say, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil? within me. And then he speaks to that, says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Just bringing what is true, those promises of scripture, the, the gospel, like you said, God is our salvation. You are his child, bringing that into that anxious moment. And I think that's the real difference. If you struggle with anxiety, it's not that you are sinning as you wrestle with these anxious thoughts but there's a big difference between wrestling with the anxious thoughts and letting them reign uh and that's not to say they never reign but when we recognize that repenting going back to the truths of the scripture uh that's where the the beauty is and i think that's really great that you mentioned it that way and kind of puts us on the right path mm -hmm. Are there any uh, any particular promises that you find yourself coming back to? We need to talk about this ahead of time, so sorry if I put you on the spot. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, verse from First Peter: um, "Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time He might exalt exalt you, casting all your 
anxieties on him because he cares for you. Um, I've just found that a beautiful expression kind of of mm-hmm. his, his um, providence, his um, desires to uh, exalt me, to glorify me uh, eventually, um, to sanctify me and to just encourage me to, to bring anxieties to him, to name my anxieties uh, and, and ask him for help um, in fighting against them. So I don't know, that's a, a go-to verse for me. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, I mean, we didn't need COVID-19 to to bubble up our fears and anxieties, right? I mean, we live in a world where that's certainly true. I mean, you know, it's not just this moment that, that mm-hmm. these things pop up. Uh, you know, you mentioned it, Andrew mentioned it, but... You know, we, we live in a world where, you know, things are broken. It's, it's, it's hard, you know, this side of the fall, you know, we experience that even pre-COVID-19 on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis, yet it seems like this has sort of um, exasperated or, or brought, you know, we talked with Dan about, you know, the cracks that are already there now being exposed mm. and some of these fears and anxieties come up. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that there's this, this great truth about the scriptures that, you know, the most frequent command in the Bible is some version of don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's a really, mm-hmm. you know, amazing thing for us to think about. You know, God is continuing to tell his people, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, Andrew mentioned Jesus is caring his pastoral touch, if you will, uh, of talking about don't worry and, and thinking about the lily. So uh, mm-hmm. some really good thoughts there. And I love that you talked about going back to scripture as well mm-hmm. and reminding yourselves of those promises. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your just broaching the topic. It's certainly something that, that many people are, are facing. And I think as we continue on throughout this, isolation is going to continue to produce more and more. And mm-hmm. for those listening, if this is something that you're struggling with, we encourage you, don't isolate yourself, call somebody. And, and sometimes, you know, those are the hardest things to do, but uh, call somebody, one of your pastors, an elder, deacon, friend, and even just tell them, say, hey, I'm, I'm starting to feel this. I feel depressed. I feel anxious. All of these different things. And uh, the, reach out to them. We have, if you've seen our COVID page on the our website, uh, ChristChurchGR.org, there is a form on that COVID page where it just says, if you need help, Type it out and somebody will reach out to you. We don't want you to feel isolated during this time. We have resources uh, to help. We have a wide list of counselors that we work with in the region. And uh, we can help you at many different levels walk through any type of mental health uh, crisis that you may be experiencing during this time. Michael, you offered uh, that this prayer from the Valley of Vision might be a good one to close with, uh, and I'd I'd love to lead us in in that prayer. Uh, have that here for us. It's Great. a prayer about peril, and um, I'll just close our time with that. Let let me let me close with this prayer. And then we'll say our goodbyes. I'm sadly harassed, Lord, by doubts, fears, unbelief, and a felt spiritual darkness. 
My heart is full of evil surmisings and disquietude, and I cannot act faith at all. My heavenly pilot has disappeared, and I've lost my hold on the rock of ages. I sink in deep mire beneath storms and waves in horror, distress unutterable. Help me, O Lord, to throw myself absolutely and wholly on thee, for better, for worse, without comfort and all but hopeless. Give me peace of soul, confidence, enlargement of mind, morning of joy that comes after night of heaviness. Water my soul richly with divine blessings. Grant that I may welcome thy humbling in private so that I may enjoy thee in public. Give me a mountaintop as high as the valley is low. Thy grace can melt the worst sinner, and I am as vile as he. Yet thou hast made me a monument of mercy, a trophy of redeeming power. In my distress, let me not forget this, all wise God. Thy never sweet, never failing providence orders every event, sweetens every fear, reveals evil's presence leaking, lurking in seeming good, and brings real good out of seeming evil. It makes unsatisfactory what I set my heart upon to show me what a short-sighted creature I am and to teach me to live by faith upon thy blessed self. Out of my sorrow and night, give me the name Naphtali, satisfied with favor. Help me to love thee as thy child and to walk worthy of my heavenly pedigree. Amen. Thanks for pointing us in that direction. Yeah, Thank you're welcome. To rem- caught me when I stumbled on it in our that prayer book is really appropriate. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. And such great promises, you know, our heavenly pedigree. Uh, that's a great place to end. So thank you, too, for joining us, coming on, having a, a short conversation. Uh, it's gone fast. Um, you're welcome. Addison, you want to bring us home tonight? Yeah, thanks everyone for for listening. Again, thanks, Cole, for joining us. We're really thankful for all those that helped put this together. There's folks in the office at Christ Church. There's Matt Kelly and Kimberly Visser and Betsy Bray. Also, thanks Joel Klammer. He actually helped put together the theme music that you hear in the intro and outro of this podcast. And again, don't forget to visit our webpage, ChristChurchGR.org. Click on the Staying Connected Through COVID-19 page. There's many different things on there for you, including this podcast. So until next time, see you guys later.